Georgetown University, a prestigious top 20 university in Washington, D.C. Every year around the world, ambitious 18-year-olds spend weeks perfecting their application, dreaming to become a Hoya. To them, an acceptance to Georgetown promises a bright future, one with unparalleled opportunities. In the spring of 2020, the coronavirus pandemic changed the world, including the world of college admissions. Because of the spread of the virus, many students were forced to apply to schools without standardized test scores, canceled extracurricular activities, and gaps in grades if their school shut down or moved to pass-fail grading. College admissions offices scrambled to find new ways to review students' applications. In the spring of 2021, high school students ripped open letters from Georgetown's admissions office. Many were left disappointed. This year, due to the pandemic, Georgetown College admissions were exceptionally competitive. This year, a shocking 27,650 students applied to Georgetown, meaning there was an approximately 30% increase in applications compared to last year. As a result, only 11.7% of applicants received an offer of admission. Hello? Hi, Mrs. McGuire, how are you? This is Susie McGuire. She has been doing alumni interviews for over 20 years and is now the Alumni Admissions Program Committee Chair for Committee 411, which covers North Central New Jersey. As Committee Chair, she has witnessed the changes in the admissions process due to COVID-19, one of these changes being the difficulty to take standardized tests. You know, anecdotally, what we were hearing from students is everybody's scrambling because it really put a big crimp in the um, admissions, the testing, you know, the SATs and mm -hmm. ACTs and, and students from our area and I'm sure everywhere else were scrambling to um, to try to, to get a spot for a test and, you know, they were getting, you know, canceled out of six or seven testing sessions and uh, they were panicking. So I think people were afraid, students were afraid that they weren't going to be able to apply to these universities because uh, they weren't going to be able to take the test. Mm -hmm. Gina Petruziello is a newly admitted student of the class of 2025 from Springfield, New Jersey. She can also attest to the challenge of taking a standardized test during a pandemic. I was really, really lucky because I had always, before obviously I knew COVID was coming, I had always wanted to get my testing out of the way early. ACT, the October of my junior year. So what, five months mm -hmm. before everything happened. I tried to, just to see if I could, I tried to get another test date, you know, um, towards the beginning of my senior year. And I would get a, first of all, it was impossible to get a test center. But when you did, all of a sudden, like I had a test that was supposed to be in West Orange. And I got an email that was like, oh, your test has been moved to Delaware. And I was like, well, I can't go to Delaware because <laughs> if I stay over in Delaware yeah. and take an ACT, I have to quarantine for two weeks when I come home. So I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is not yeah. worth it. I'm just gonna send the score I have. As a result, Georgetown did not require applicants to submit SAT and ACT test results this year. It is speculated that the increase in applications and decrease in acceptance rate can be attributed to the admissions office's flexible approach to standardized testing. Well, you know, it is interesting because from what I understand um, from presentations that we've had, that demographically there's, there's a drop in the 18-year-old population. So, Georgetown and all these other schools expected to see a decrease in applications. So, of course, seeing this increase is rather surprising. If you're test optional, there's so many students across the country saying, like, well, you know, I normally would, would 
never apply to Yale, but what the heck, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, my, you know, I don't have to submit SATs. With an increase of students applying, more students were obviously denied. Due to the unusual circumstances, it seems Georgetown has also started to waitlist more students. In terms of the high schools they come from and who was admitted, who was denied, who was waitlisted, I feel like we had, it seemed to be a harder year from our area. Got so, it. So um, we had fewer, fewer acceptances and more waitlists than in the past. And last year there were a lot of waitlists also, and I think that's becoming a bigger play. You know, last year Georgetown ended up going to the wait list and um, whereas in the past I think if, you know, you were on the wait list you didn't have a very good chance of getting in. Georgetown may be waitlisting more people because they are not able to retain as many students with their accepted students days and receptions being held virtually. It has been challenging for accepted students to decide where they want to spend their next four years when they're not able to travel and visit campuses in person. Of the whole admissions process this year, I think the complete disconnect from the schools you're applying to was probably the hardest part. I had seen maybe three schools on my list, you know. I had no sense of what it was like to be there. And I I do appreciate schools really were trying to be accommodating. They do like virtual walking tours and stuff like that. But it's just not the same. Mm -hmm. And like, you don't get to look at the faces of the other kids on campus and be like, okay, this is the kind of person that goes to this school, which... It's kind of important when you're choosing your college, you know? Similarly to how accepted students felt disconnected from the university since they were not able to go and visit campus, alumni interviewers struggled to feel connected to the students they were interviewing virtually. You know, a lot of, I feel like, the sense you can get from a student has always been like the personal connection, you know, meeting the student, shaking his or her hand, and, you know, the talk and everything that goes with it. So it was quite a big change, I thought, to have to go virtual. Although some of that personal connection was lost, there were upsides to the virtual interviews, such as convenience with scheduling and increased access and availability to a wider range of students. Hopefully in the future, a virtual alumni interview option will be given to students and whether that is because of their schedule, where they live, or their socioeconomic situation. More inclusion, I think, for you know, students who might not have a car or students who you know, might not be able to find time to you know, travel to, mm-hmm. to meet an interviewer. I mean, I think it, it was much easier. I think it gave more people access. And certainly in other parts of the country where you know, students might have to travel three hours to meet their interviewer. That, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure it provided many more students with interviews. How would you say your alumni interview was over Zoom? It was it was my first interview I did for college, and I was so, so nervous. I swear I, like, sweat through my shirt. But the lady was so nice. It was a woman who lived in Cranford. I really do think this is an experience I had at all my schools, not just at Georgetown, all my schools with interviews. Interviewers, for the most part, really do try to be accommodating, and they try to make you feel comfortable, which I think is, first of all, what makes them good interviewers, but I think what made the the transition of that part to online a little bit easier than it might have been. Just like how the interviewers have done their best over Zoom, admissions officers are doing their best with virtual student acceptance days and receptions. 
I feel bad for the professors because there's this one guy who is so, I cannot for the life of me remember his name, but he was like an older gentleman and he was so enthusiastic and high energy. <laughs> and I felt so bad because the way the Zooms are set up, it's like presentation mode. Mm-hmm. So none of us can even have our cameras yeah. on or audio yeah. on. Um, so he, I felt so bad that he was like so high energy and he couldn't even see anyone reacting to it, you know? Yeah. I feel kind of, it's, it's it stinks for everybody on all ends. It stinks for us because... We can't be on campus. Like I can't yeah. meet anybody in person. It stinks for the professors because they ha- or the like the admissions staff or whatever because mm-hmm. they can't like provide what they normally provide for the kids. I think the main takeaway is that there was a lot of resent around it. You know, like this feeling that we had been working so hard for this these four years, and then at the end of the, our junior year, something happened that we couldn't control, and now colleges were impossible to get into. You know. With the number of applications schools were getting across the board, it was like everything felt so out of your hands. Yeah. So it was awesome when you got in, but when you didn't, you were like, I deserve this and I didn't get it, which mm-hmm. was a really hard feeling, you know? And I think that was, that was something like all my friends experienced. In the past year, everyone has had to learn to adjust and adapt to a virtual environment and cope with being locked away from family, friends, and their normal lives. Most people have experienced profound losses and pray for the end of the virus's spread. As a sophomore in college who only two years ago went through the college application process, I have much sympathy for this year's high school seniors who have had added stress put on their college process. Thank you to Susie McGuire and Gina Petruziello for sharing their insights into what this year has been like for them in the light of a much different college admissions process.